the Slaughter in May podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Robert Chaplin, one of Slaughter and May's corporate insurance partners. With me is Beth Dobson, our PSL counsel for the insurance practice. This is our overview of capital requirements and internal models under UK Solvency 2. For more information, please see chapters 8 and 9 of our Solvency 2 app. If you don't already have the app, please email solvency.2, that's solvency.two, at slaughterandmay.com to request access. The requirement for insurance firms to hold capital to ensure that they remain solvent and to meet their liabilities to policyholders was not new under Solvency 2. Solvency 2 did, however, introduce a new approach to the setting of capital requirements. As we will go on to discuss, this is based around calculating risk charges in respect of both the asset and liability side of the regulatory balance sheet. Firms can calculate their capital requirements either using a standard formula set out in the legislation or using an approved internal model, which we will discuss further later. Firms need to calculate two different capital requirements, the solvency capital requirement or SCR and the minimum capital requirement or MCR, and to hold sufficient eligible own funds to meet each of these requirements. For more on own funds, please see our earlier podcast or chapter seven of the app. The SCR sets the level of capital below which regulatory intervention will occur. If a firm's own funds fall below the SCR, it will need to take steps to restore compliance within a prescribed timeframe. Aside from the process of regulatory intervention, there are likely to be other consequences of a breach of the SCR, including reputational issues, in particular for listed companies, and restrictions on payments which can be made under subordinated debt instruments. The MCR is set at a level below which there is an unacceptable risk to policyholders, and authorisation will be rapidly withdrawn if compliance is not re-established. Looking first at the SCR, the concept underlying the SCR calculation is that it must correspond to the value at risk of the basic owned funds of the firm, subject to a confidence level of 99.5% over a one-year period. What this means is that the SCR is calibrated at a level where it is expected to protect the firm and therefore its policyholders from the risk of ruin in all circumstances other than a one in 200 year event. Another way of putting this is that the SCR represents the amount needed to ensure there will be sufficient assets to cover projected liabilities in one year's time in 99.5% of cases. It is worth noting this means that Solvency 2 is not intended to be a zero failure regime. The SCR must be calibrated to ensure that all quantifiable risks to which an undertaking is exposed are taken into account. This ties in to the use in some circumstances of full or partial internal models, which we will come back to. The Solvency II regime recognises that not all risks are quantifiable and therefore capable of capture within the SCR. Non-quantifiable risks should be considered as part of governance and risk management. The SCR calculation should take account of the effect of risk mitigation techniques which we discussed in an earlier podcast and which are covered in Chapter 13 of the app. The SCR must, whether calculated using the standard formula or an internal model, cover at least the following risks. Non-life underwriting risk, 
life underwriting risk, health underwriting risk, market risk, counterparty default risk, and operational risk. This is a change from pre-Solvency II regulatory regimes, which largely based capital requirements on underwriting risk only. Under the standard formula, risk charges are generally calculated by considering the anticipated loss to own funds, which would arise as a result of specified scenarios. For example, interest rate risk considers the impact on relevant assets of rises or falls in interest rates. In some cases, the risk modules specify the rise or fall in value, which should be assumed in calculating the risk charge, which will vary depending on the quality of the asset. Under the spread risk module, for example, a greater decrease in the value of bonds or loans has to be applied in calculating the capital charge for lower rated bonds compared to higher rated ones as they are assumed to have a higher risk of default. Similarly, a greater decrease in the value of equities has to be assumed in calculating the risk charge for non-listed equities than for equities listed on a regulated market in the OECD. The original market risk module provisions in the standard formula have been tweaked over time, in particular to align with the EU's policy approach. There has been a drive to encourage insurers to invest in infrastructure assets and to provide support to SMEs with the intention of assisting the real economy. Similar aims were reflected in the consultations published by HM Treasury last autumn on reforms to the UK prudential regulatory regime and to UK Solvency II. There have been, for example, amendments to the Level 2 delegated regulation to lower the capital charge applying when insurers invest in qualifying infrastructure corporates and projects. EOPA continues to express some scepticism over the prudential justification for some of these changes. It is not entirely clear at the moment what the PRA approach will be to aligning the prudential regime with broader aims. Although in a speech of March this month, Sam Woods, CEO of the PRA, expressed the view that there is no inherent conflict between prudential and other government objectives, such as supporting insurance firms to provide long-term capital to support growth. The overall SCR, and within that, the overall capital requirement for market risk, is subject to aggregation using correlation matrices as set out in the legislation. The idea is that the correlations allow for the recognition of diversification effects in the calculations, i.e. where a firm has diversified its risks or its assets, not all risks or assets will respond in the same way to a given event, and the total SCR should therefore not simply be the sum of all the individual risk charges. As mentioned earlier, firms have the choice to apply to use an internal model to calculate their capital requirements instead of using the standard formula. This is particularly suitable for more complex businesses where the standard formula may not properly reflect their risks. As at May 2019, the UK had approved 24 internal model applications compared to a total across the whole of the EU, including the UK, of 192 internal model users as at the end of 2018. Use of internal models has a number of potential benefits, including allowing firms to use stochastic modelling and to calibrate their capital requirements 
over a longer time scale than the one-year horizon used in the standard formula. This is subject to the requirement that the output provides policyholders with an equivalent level of protection to the standard formula approach. Using a different time frame may be increasingly of use as firms look to assess the longer-term risks associated with climate change. An internal model can only be used if it has been approved by the relevant regulator. Among other requirements for approval is that the internal model meets the use test, meaning that a firm must be able to demonstrate its internal model is widely used in and plays an important role in its system of governance. The model should support business strategy and decision making and may not be used merely as a mechanical process for capital setting. Although internal models are by their nature bespoke to the firm using them, they are required to satisfy a number of statistical quality standards which will be assessed by the regulator during the approval process. The PRA also closely monitors both consistency between internal model users and so-called model drift. Monitoring consistency may include requiring a firm to run its internal model using relevant benchmark portfolios and assumptions based on external data to verify the calibration of the model and to check that it is in line with generally accepted market practice. Model drift is the risk that the capital requirements calculated using an internal model gradually weaken over time so that they no longer reflect the risks to which the firm is exposed. The PRA tracks movements in internal model capital compared to the standard formula and the net best estimate of liabilities and analyses the trends. There is also the option for firms to use partial internal models. This may happen where the risks associated with a particular part of the firm or group's business cannot be easily quantified using the standard formula, including potentially where parts of the business are located in third country jurisdictions. If the PRA thinks that a firm is not able to measure all quantifiable risks using the standard formula, it may ask a firm to apply a partial internal model. We mentioned earlier that a second capital requirement applies in addition to the SCR calculation. The calculation of the MCR is, relatively speaking, a more simplistic process. The MCR is set at a value at risk calibration of 85% over a one year period. It is calculated as the sum of a linear formula for life insurance and reinsurance obligations and a linear formula for non-life insurance and reinsurance obligations. A cap and floor apply to the MCR to ensure that it occupies the correct place within the ladder of supervisory intervention. The MCR must not exceed 40% of, or be less than 25% of the firm's SCR. It is worth noting that even the SCR is generally viewed as a minimum regulatory capital position by most insurers. Holding a buffer of extra capital above the SCR protects a firm against the risk that, for example, changes in asset values cause a temporary dip below the SCR with the associated consequences. By way of illustration of the typical capital position of major insurers in the UK, Legal and General's solvency ratio, i.e. the ratio of its own funds to its SCR, at the end of 2020 was 190%, and RSA's was 189%. This brings us to the end of this podcast. If you have any questions about capital requirements or internal models, please get in touch with either of us or your usual contact at Slaughter and May. For more information on this topic, 
or to hear our other podcasts, please visit www.slaughterandmay.com. You can also subscribe to the Slaughter and May podcast on iTunes or Google Play.